Hey everybody, this week we're replaying what I think is probably one of our all-time funniest episodes, so I hope you like it. If you're hearing this rerun announcement and thinking, ah, I just wish there was a new episode this week, it sounds like you really love the show and should become our supporter on Patreon so that we have all the resources we need to do more and bigger and better shows. So check it out at justonewarpodcast.com. Click on Be a Patron. Otherwise, listen to this episode. You will love it. And we'll be back with a new episode next week. Welcome to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Schaaf-Lamb. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. And if you don't, this episode is going to be about what will happen. (laughs) (laughs) Are you subscribed to our podcast? Uh, maybe that's how you're listening right now, in which case, good for you. But if you're not subscribed, you should because we want it to be easy for you. Everything else is hard enough. Eating nutritionally and uh, getting in your exercise is hard enough. We don't want you to also be worried about did I or did I not get the most recent Just One More podcast. So whatever you use to listen to podcasts, hit that little subscribe button and every Monday our show will just appear in your feed. You'll never miss an episode. You can set it and forget it. It's like the Ron Popeil rotisserie infomercial. <laughs> you yeah. said it, and the audience goes, forget it! Exactly. We don't have money to pay him to be our spokesperson, but if we did, that's what he'd say. Subscribe to the show. Um, this week is a little bit of an unusual episode for us, but I think it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm calling it Weirdest Thing I've Ever Done. And the idea is that the world of fitness and nutrition is so wide and a huge percentage of it is totally insane and like not based in science and just like totally wackadoo. And because of that, totally rational, smart, um, feminist people (laughs) do crazy things because they saw it in a magazine or on Pinterest or like their mom told them to do it. We're two of them, two of those people. We've both done (laughs) insane things having to do with fitness and nutrition. And so I thought it would be fun to um, talk about the craziest thing we've each ever done for fitness or nutrition reasons. And then I asked my Facebook friends for theirs, and oh boy, do we have some doozies for you. (laughs) Um, And if you get inspired uh, by listening to the show and want to share your weirdest thing you've ever done, um, hit us up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast. We would love to hear what crazy thing you've done, and you'll probably find someone else who did it too. (laughs) Um, And before we talk about any of this, we want to say, like, we are not judging you for having done these things, just as we hope you will not judge us for having done the things (laughs) that we have done. Um, This is more about, like, um, sort of, like, lifting the veil on, like, all of the crazy that's out there so that we can all be freed to just do the things that are actually based in science and make our lives better instead mm-hmm. of making them worse. Yeah. You know, it, it's really 
it's really liberating when we come to that awareness that 90% of the entire health and wellness industry is just based on business and based on selling things to people's greatest insecurities. Because when people are extremely either insecure or unknowledgeable about certain things, then the media has a lot of power over that. Um, and so this is, if anything, empowering everyone out there to to <laughs> to take back the control and to know that it's... Uh, all the all the good things are based on science and also to let everyone know that we have all been there. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I think it's so easy to feel um, like I'm the only person living in my little, like, sadness bubble of uh, self-loathing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you, like, start to hear stuff other people have done and and realize, like, how you feel about the thing that they did which to me is like usually a mixture of hilarity and horror. Um, and then turn that magnifying glass back on yourself. Um, I find it useful for having more compassion for myself Yeah. because I have compassion for my friends. Yes. So um, do you want to start or should I start? Uh, I feel like your thing is way crazier than mine. No, not to be judgy, but maybe I should go first because otherwise mine won't sound that interesting. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll go first. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> the the craziest thing that I have ever done is that well, we said weirdest, right? I oh, said the weirdest. Crazy, but we should the, call it weird. This one was definitely weird. Um, I, I've definitely done many weird things in my day, but the weirdest thing that I've ever done is I've gone on a twenty-one day juice fast cleanse. Because guys, Daphne never does anything part way. Right. If right. there's a three day version, she's going twenty one. <laughs> Uh, you know, my motto for life is don't half-ass anything, <laughs> whole-ass everything. So I just dove all in. I found this book at good old Barnes & Noble, and um, 23-year-old Daphne seemed like it It sounded like a good idea it at the time. It was in a book. It was, so right, it was it in a book. It must be okay, right? Yeah. They were the, selling it at the a The author store. had, a, I think, a DR before their name. Sure. Maybe. So... <laughs> So, you know, I, I assumed this was like a medical guide. I assumed that this book was, um, I, I also heard this book was on the bestseller list and it was like New York Times. And, and so, but funnily enough, this book actually found me at the most insecure time. So f- it totally played into, essentially the book found me at the right time for the book. It's like the sad <laughs> version know? of The Secret. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like putting out like uh, totally. vulnerable vibes and this like juice cleanse book comes and finds yeah, you. Absolutely. This juice cleanse book found me in the health and wellness section of Barnes and Noble and I thought it was the answer to all my prayers. Uh, at that point in time, I had I remember I had just started working funnily enough in the personal training industry and uh, ironically enough, that's when the balance was the, the least because I felt like I was working so much that there was actually not as much time for self-care. This was also around the time of me starting those super early morning clients mm-hmm. that I often talk about how, you know, during this time in which I was not getting much sleep, how I was inflamed and I was bloated and, and I gained weight, a lot of weight because of the stress that that was putting on my body. Um, and also the different food cravings you have when you don't sleep. So of course, all of that happened my first, you know, few months training. And then all of a sudden I find this book and I dove into this 21 day thing of no food. And it was just a whole bunch of different types of juices that I would juice myself. And you follow this plan and it's, um, you know, you, then you drink aloe juice and then you drink a green powder and then you do this. I essentially was starving myself. And of course I lost weight, but I also lost a bunch of muscle. And, um, 
It was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and I realized this afterwards where after I finished it, and then even in the book they tell you, yeah, you won't gain the weight back. You just have to ease into follow this plan to ease back into normal eating, which I completely did. You just essentially reintroduce food groups back into your into your diet day to day. And I did that and my body ballooned up and I ended up getting more weight than I had actually lost. So I was heavier than when I had um, than when I had started. And then uh, I remember about a month after this, it was winter and I remember showering and just clumps of my hair were just falling out. So it was just essentially the book tricked you into, you know, giving yourself optimal nourishment, but I created like malnourishment for sure. myself. So that was the craziest and weirdest thing I've ever done. And it's not that like you were doing a more extreme, like you were following the plan totally. and following the plan made your hair fall out yeah. and like totally screwed up your metabolism and all that stuff. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So that was, that was my <sighs> poor 23 year old. Yeah. Daphne. I've learned so much after that. I was like, well, this was the most eye opening experience of my life. Mm -hmm. And then went on to do as much research as I possibly could from real doctors in which I learned that the term detox does not even really need to exist. And that our body is, our body's capable of detoxing itself with us actually having, without us actually having to go on detoxes or cleanses. Totally. Caveman did not go on a juice cleanse. Negative. Caveman did not. <laughs> what about you, Joanna? Well, first I wanted to say, I think what you said about like this happening to you at a really vulnerable time in your life is so powerful because, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, you were starting a new job, which is always really stressful and is like mm -hmm. a great way to feel like you are, you don't know anything and like don't have it together because when you're new at something, you just like fail all the time because mm -hmm. you're learning and you're surrounded by people for whom everything seems easy, which makes you feel like you're a dunce. Mm -hmm. And, like, that coupled with the fact that you were, like, leaving a body-focused industry in acting <laughs> to go and to a entering <laughs> a different body-focused yep. industry, um, like, it is totally understandable how, like, something like this could happen yeah, to you. it was like a double whammy. Of, right. It was just a lot of stuff happening all at once. <laughs> totally. And it sounds so good when, when they say it in the book, right? Yeah, yeah. You feel like the book is answering all of your prayers. <laughs> yeah. Here's a tip that I feel like all of us could use. If you're looking at anything having to do with fitness or nutrition and having the thought, this will solve my problems, take a step back from that mm -hmm. and like think about what are your actual problems. Mm -hmm. Because... Anytime you're looking at like a diet or an exercise plan and thinking this will solve my problems, it will not, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> not on its own. So like take a step back and like really look at what those problems are and, uh, getting some tools to like actually work on those. Um, because, uh, no diet's going to solve all your problems. Nope. It's yeah. I think that's, um, uh, th these products and these books sometimes they really prey on vulnerability of course they do and they lead you to believe that if you follow this and everything will fix itself in your life whereas really you have to address everything in your life first funnily enough the body always falls into place and the weight and the nutrition they fall into place after that totally well now i'll talk about how <laughs> i fell into uh, a trap um, <laughs> so this this isn't even that crazy as in like I don't think it's that unusual but I decided that after hearing about it for like a decade I was going to try a low carb diet um and 
I did it when my husband was going to be out of town for the week. Here's a hint. If you are waiting to try something until your loved ones are out of the house, means somewhere inside you know it's a bad idea. <laughs> but this is, so I like found a meal plan online. So I like got all of the groceries for it. I did like all the meals that they had planned, which included some like really gross, like one of the things I remember is like blue cheese dressing that was made with like a giant hunk of blue cheese and like mayonnaise and like it was nasty. <laughs> and also, like, way richer and fattier than, like, anything I would have eaten if I were not on a diet. <laughs> and I did it for the first couple days. And, like, I was eating full meals and stuff, and I just felt weird. Uh-huh. And didn't like the food I was eating. And uh, one thing that happens when you, like, cut a bunch of carbs out right away is that you get, like, headaches or I did, for sure. And they're like, don't worry, this is to be expected. To fix it, drink a cup of broth. So I, <laughs> I was, like, in my bed by myself drinking a steaming hot cup of, like, store-bought broth to try to, like, deal with my headache. And then the next night, I remember I was, like, so desperate for something sweet that I was, like, in, in a Walgreens looking for, like, South Beach-approved, like, snack bars. And I I, like, found some, and I, like, looked at the ingredient list and it was like all chemicals and I looked at how much it cost and it was like super expensive and I was just like I'm not doing this so I put it back and went home and got a bagel and ate a bagel and that was like the end of my low carb diet attempt um and the things that I learned from that experience were if you're doing a food thing that involves you eating foods you don't like or that don't feel like foods to you that's the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. um, I should have known that, like, what I had been eating before was way better than, like, this, like, processed, predetermined stuff mm -hmm. that was not appealing to me. Um, but I was, like, eating it because it was, like, quote-unquote, the, like, right foods. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you shouldn't be drinking boxed broth in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Just shouldn't need that. Oh, man. That's, like, a... Yeah, it's like when you end up in bed with broth from a box. <laughs> the sad time. That's when you think to yourself, is this the right thing to be doing yeah. right now? <laughs> Could this possibly be good for me? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my weird, weird food experience. We've all been there. Yeah. yeah. A lot of us have been to that particular place because like super low carb diets have been so yeah, popular really, for so long. Yeah, that was a huge, huge fad um i feel like it still is mm -hmm. oftentimes people oftentimes when they go into talking about weight reduction the first thing they talk about is reduction of carbohydrates uh whereas that's really not what you need to do first and foremost but anywho but that's not what we're talking about today true we're talking about funny and weird stories <laughs> weird stories i would also say um I tend to see a lot of men who are, like, trying to lose weight go the low-carb route. Mm -hmm. And it's I've actually known several men who had a lot of success with that. Um, the question, as it always is, is, like, can you do it in a way that is, like, sustainable and flexible? Yeah. Um, and can you do it in a way that's not, like, emotionally triggering? Where, like, if you decide to eat a piece of bread, are you going to, like, throw yourself out a window? Like, we don't never want to be in, in that place where, like, a food is frightening or scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we never want to demonize a food. Totally. Yeah. Um, all right, so those are the weird things we've done. 
I asked on Facebook for weird things other people have done, and oh boy, <laughs> did they provide. So we're going to talk about some of them, um, partly because a lot of them are funny, in addition to being, like, sad, um, and to talk a little bit about, like, what was going on there and uh, <laughs> what we should do instead. Um, <laughs> So, uh, here are some crazy things I have, uh, I got from some listeners. Um, I liked this one. I used to make this weird daikon radish and carrot tea with nori every morning. It smelled so weird, and then you'd eat the mush. It's in Alicia Silverstone's book. Um, have you ever made daikon radish tea? I have not. Um, it sounds familiar in the sense that... Uh, oftentimes people talk about how a Japanese diet is very healthy. You know, people mm-hmm. talk about, like, what Japanese people eat and what Mediterranean people eat. So this sounds like uh, Alicia Silverstone was tapping into all the wonderful, healthy things that Japanese people eat and then turning it into a mush uh-huh. and then just getting it into your body. Um, fact of the matter is, if you ever have to plug your nose to eat something... <laughs> Like, that's the thing. Daikon radish is awesome. Mm -hmm. I love daikon radish. Um, But, like, in a dish, maybe? Yeah. (laughs) Like, if I'm at a Japanese restaurant. And And then nori is just like, yeah, maybe not for breakfast. And then nori is is seaweed, which is, you know, chock full of ingredients that are, or seaweed is chock full of vitamins and nutrients. However, first thing in the morning, blending that all up in the Vitamix and then drinking it, it elicits a little bit of a gag reflex in me. So. <laughs> right, there's nothing wrong with this recipe, right? It's yeah. not that, like, you shouldn't be drinking this tea yeah. if it appeals to you. But it's weird. The things, that, <laughs> the things that stand out to me about this are, one, that you were supposed to do it every morning, which seems to me, like, a little bit of overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, two, that it came from a celebrity's book. Yeah, that's another thing, too. Does your celebrity have a degree? Right. Like, when your celebrities... Lo- people love following celebrity diet stuff. Magazines oh are filled with them. I know. But, like, just because someone's a celebrity doesn't mean that they're making good choices. For sure. Also, these are celebrities. They're not registered dietitians, mm-hmm. and they're not licensed nutritionists. Totally. So... Mm-hmm. You do the math. You do math. You figure it out. Um, glad that you don't have to drink this tea every morning anymore, listener. We're happy for you. Um, this one I thought was uh, super interesting. Um, I ate only half an apple for lunch. Felt prouder of myself than I'd like to admit. And so, first of all, the big obvious problem here: it's not enough calories. It's not enough for lunch. And you've said before that like. When you are eating not enough calories, your body holds on to weight because yeah. it's like, oh, we're starving. Right, right. We need Which to, like, is, cling to this. Yeah. And then the second half of this is felt prouder of myself than I'd like to admit. And... Society! Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, we, we feel pride when we feel like we limit our food intake or we feel like we are in control when we limit our food intake. So that's clearly what's what's happening Totally. Here. And, like, as as we say with all this stuff, that's not your fault. Society mm-hmm. tells people, especially women, your value is based on how much you can control what you consume. Yes. Um, yeah. So you are reacting to a thing that is out, th- to a real message. It's just that the message is a lie. Yeah. Like, you are not, your worth is not based on what you can keep yourself from eating. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes that's a talking point with uh, people, it's how little they've eaten that day, or um, how little they can eat, or people take a lot of pride in how little 
um, them not being big eaters or, um, you know, coming into a social situation and being like, oh, I only ate half an apple for lunch. It's almost like boasting about it. Totally. So again, once again, like in the sentence, um, this, this listener is saying they feel feeling proud of, proud of themselves for having eaten only that for, for lunch. Um, and I'm happy that we get to be kind of like the, the science behind that. We get to explain, well, first of all, from a societal reason why, uh, many women and men have been, uh, uh, conditioned to think that it's okay to limit and restrict food and then be proud and validated for it. But then also to be the science of it and to come in and say, you can, guess what? You get to eat more. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Lucky you. You get to have some protein <laughs> and some carbs with that apple. So exciting. Um, here's another one that is like, a uh, um, deprivation diet one but on a different uh scale i feel like once we get to like stories of things that happened in college there's like a whole other level totally because you're also like you're just figuring out how to feed yourself yeah and you're dealing with all the pressures of appearance and stuff yeah this person said when i was in college i drank only yoohoo and ate nothing for one day because i thought the quote liquid diet would make me skinny for my dress the next day and the worst part is i was convinced that it worked (laughs) Oh. And the best part is it's not even like a like a vegetable juice. No, it's <laughs> Yoohoo chocolate milk. <laughs> Yoohoo chocolate milk. Honestly, it's so great. Yeah, you could probably do worse. Yeah, because at least chocolate milk has like some protein, some carbs, some fat. Yeah, it has. <laughs> we a... are not recommending <laughs> no, a Yoohoo no. only diet. I'm just saying, like, better that than like nothing. All yeah, day. better better that than water. That is for sure. And um, if there was, uh, and if this person was convinced that it worked and that this gal <laughs> did feel quote unquote skinnier the next day, um, well, chances are because you hadn't actually digested any food, there was just really nothing in your system. Mm-hmm. So I oftentimes think a lot of these situations are more mental. Totally. So it's like how we feel quote unquote fat after eating a big meal. But we feel, quote, unquote, skinny after just drinking liquids all day, when in reality, you probably look exactly the same right. after eating a big meal, and you look exactly the same after just drinking Yoohoo for an entire day. Maybe you'll feel slightly less bloated because, well, first of all, you're starving. Um, <laughs> and secondly, there's just no no digestion happening. So... I feel um, like all of these we could start with, well, first of all, you're starving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh... College, you guys. Yeah, college. It's a crazy time in more ways than we even regularly talk about. So true. Don't drink Yoohoo all day. It's not good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, here's another one in the smelly category. I would only eat egg beaters and onions and peppers sautéed in Pam. (laughs) So it definitely made things smelly. Oh my gosh, how funny. I feel like there's such a thing. There's um, a lot of us have had the experience of like fixating on a certain meal that we feel is safe. For sure. Yeah. Because we don't feel confident in our food choices. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, when I first started seeing you, one of the things I said was like, I am feeling guilt about everything I eat, no Mm -hmm. matter what it is. If it's low carb, if it's vegetarian, like whatever it is, I, I feel like I can't make a good choice. Yeah. And I think when you're in that place, if if, a lot of people have like one meal that they're like, well, at least if I eat this, I don't feel guilt. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes their go-to. Totally. Definitely. So this one... (laughs) Would you like to read this one, Joanna? <laughs> oh, yeah. It says, oh, and this, uh, oh, uh, let's see. Um, this gross negative calorie cabbage vegetable soup. And the person oh, wait, says. Oh, wait. Did, oh, did you read the egg beaters one? 
Yes. Oh, you read it? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so here here are my thoughts on that then. Oh, I thought you hadn't read it yet. No, that's okay. So, so that is that was this person's safe meal. And, um, well, first of all, egg beaters, once again, marketing, they've convinced us that you really should just use eggs. Totally. <laughs> it's easier and I think cheaper. Yeah, eggs are fine. Eggs. Just eggs eat are the fine. eggs. So if you read the ingredient list for egg beaters, uh, read all the stuff that they put in to preserve the eggs. Um, and then... Um, Pam, like cooking sprays, are totally fine. You can find some better ones that are maybe olive oil or coconut oil based that don't have as many chemicals as Pam. But you could just kind of do all this in... Were there Was there sausage in this? No, no. just egg beaters and onions and peppers. So it's essentially like a glorified omelet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no cheese. <laughs> no cheese and no sausage. Right. Yeah. Just a scramble. Onions and peppers should have sausage now. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Nothing inherently wrong with like... Eggs and onions and peppers. Yeah. But you can have eggs. Yeah. You don't have to have egg beaters. Mm-mm. Go for the eggs. Uh, a lot of people mentioned cabbage soup. And in fact, a lot of people mentioned cabbage soup being um, made for them or suggested to them by a parent. And I say a parent, but it's moms, right? Yes. Um, there were a lot in here that refer to parents, which I thought was super interesting. Um, and like... Parents are just trying to do the best they can for their kids, but a lot of parents um, are, you know, victim to their own messaging mm-hmm. that they've received about diet and exercise. So the cabbage soup diet, we've all heard of it, and the cabbage soup diet is an intense weight loss uh, method in which <laughs> one just drinks cabbage soup for eight days. I feel like we hear of cabbage soup diet. We also hear of like the grapefruit diet, like yeah. people talk about. So all of these originated in the 1980s. Um, people don't know necessarily know exactly who originated these diet trends or these diet fads, but that is why uh, our parents' generation it was still in the forefront of their minds. And it's essentially a starvation diet in which um, one only eats one type of food and one. Uh, throughout the day and the, it's designed you're just supposed to like shed weight really quickly so of course I don't even think we need to go into all the negatives of the cabbage soup diet and why that's absolutely right. insane um, but that's why it's it's parents who suggest that because it began in the 80s mm-hmm. so it was around the time parents were starting to like conceive maybe our parents were in their 20s 30s 20s and 30s by that point, and that was what they knew because mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of science back then on weight loss really to begin with, you know. And the science that existed actually was not very correct. Mm-hmm. No. Totally. So uh, try not to be mad at your parents, but there's a lot more information now. Yeah. You don't need to be doing cabbage soup diets. Exactly. Anything that has you eating the same thing for every meal is going to be bad. Yeah. Because we need variety. We do. Yeah, because then we become deficient mm-hmm. in things. In anything not containing cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a good one. Um, everyone in my office got into this thing called MediFast. Um, one of the coworkers' wives was a sales rep, and the coworker lost a ton of weight really quickly. And then the diet spread around the office, and people were dropping weight like mad. Um and uh, the person who wrote this is a fat person mm-hmm. and said, uh, like, self-identifies as such and said that people kept, like, pushing the diet on him at work. Um, and so he tried it. 
he said they send you a big box of powder packets, mix a pow- powder packet with water and microwave it, and boom, you got, quote, scrambled eggs. <laughs> mix a packet with ice and water and blend. Boom, you got a, quote, milkshake. You eat like five of these packets a day and then a sensible and small dinner and you drop weight. I lost a few pounds and the will to live. <laughs> I stopped, <gasps> remained fat. Most of the people in the office put back on all the weight they lost over the next couple years. <sighs> Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Someone posted a picture of the, quote, mac and cheese from this diet. It was, like, a little bowl of yellow water with, like, one chunk floating in it. That is so gross. So gross. It's so bad. So bad. Well, this is a prime example of a product being created to target um, people who who feel like they need some... Thing to be the answer and someone mm-hmm. to give them the answer on how to lose weight. And something that involves no thinking, right? Because the, the really appealing thing about this is like you just have all the packets. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make any choices. Yeah. So many issues with this. Totally weird. <laughs> totally, Understatement of today. Totally bad. Um, don't buy Metafast. <laughs> it's not that would necessary. be a, a definite non-endorsement. They're just trying to get money. Totally. That's all it is. Yeah. And the fact that someone's wife was a sales rep is a good clue that this is a scheme. Oh. Because this sounds like a pyramid scheme where, like, you sell the thing, and then you get other people to sell the thing, and then you make money when they... I don't know for sure that that's the situation here, but if you're getting, like, sold a diet thing from, like, a friend or, like, your neighbor's wife, like, think for a second about that. Maybe not so great. Pyramid schemes are so annoying. <laughs> so true. They are um, so annoying. Yeah. Ugh, the worst. Yeah. And I mean, this person is able to say, like, like when he said, like, I lost a few pounds and the will to live, that's another thread that goes through a lot of these that, like, I did the thing, but it made me miserable, so I stopped. Yeah. Totally. If it's making you miserable, do not do it. Yeah. Um, it does not help us be healthier to be miserable. Yeah. If anything you're doing is making you miserable, that's the biggest problem. Exactly. It's it's um, it, it's so many of these, uh, the, so many of these products. They don't taste good. They're not made of natural ingredients, and they really aren't the best for you. And these are these are starvation diets made with very unnatural foods that have been prepackaged and made in a factory. And will you drop weight if you do something like this? Of course, but you could drop weight if you just ate the correct amount of normal food. Mm-hmm. To, like, it doesn't need to be the Metafast product. Totally. And, the, yeah, it was totally a, a sale. And, I, and the fact that Meta is in it, yeah. it makes it sound like it's medical, so right. it's safe. And that's why people trust it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas all it is is a name. So if you even if you do research on Metafast, there's no no doctors involved at all. Yeah. No doctors involved at all. And then the Metafast logo, crazily enough, is very similar to the Blue Shield lo- uh-huh. logo. Or sure, the... not an accident. So you know it's it's marketing. Yeah, don't buy into the marketing. Do totally. You? Yeah. Um, all right, this one is really funny. I have to do a little editing because the person curses at it, but <laughs> says. Um, I did a three-day juice cleanse right before my wedding. Made me poop myself in front of my class. They didn't realize it because they were too busy singing, but I ran down the hallway like a bat out of hell. <laughs> oh, boy. It's amazing what you do leading up to leading up to a wedding. Right. Don't, don't juice cleanse, y'all. You don't no, need no. it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, don't fall into that, like, moment of desperation. It's mm-hmm. just unnecessary, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. Well, the way I view it is leading up to a wedding, you want to start that next chapter of your life in the healthiest way possible. So if that is an opportunity for you to essentially get your health in check and to give yourself a very kind of positive fitness and uh, wellness game plan so that you can start the next chapter of your life with your significant other on the healthiest, happiest note possible. That's how I view uh getting ready for that's how if you sweating for the wedding totally yeah don't do anything leading up to the wedding that you don't expect to be able to or willing to do after the wedding because if it's not something you're going to sustain don't bother doing it because like it's not gonna be like a long-term exactly change. it's not gonna be a long-term change that and if you have this mentality of like well i just need to look skinny in the photos because the photos last forever well but then that doesn't make you feel good if you put weight back on after the wedding and if totally. you're looking at those same photos and then you realize how skinny you were then, but you are not that same weight now. Like that's also psychologically, um, uh, psychologically that's, that, that also causes harm. So mm-hmm. you may as well just get as, get healthy yeah. uh, and, you know, use and the wedding as an opportunity. get used to yourself. Yeah, get used to yourself. Spend that time, instead of doing a cleanse or whatever leading up to your wedding, Spend that time doing the work on yourself so that you can look at a picture of yourself on the day that you married the love of your life and not have the first thing you think be like, I look fat in that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, practice compassion for yourself Yeah. instead of going on a juice cleanse. Yeah, and also, like, no one is... I guarantee you no one is as preoccupied with the bride's weight nope. as the bride. Nope. Like, not at all. No I one really never, cares. I have never, ever, ever, ever been to a wedding and been like, Great wedding. The bride was fat. Because <laughs> who cares? Right. Like, who really says Be that? Be fat. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> who cares? And I guarantee you, you're going to look at that picture in 10 years and be like, I wish I could be that young again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I spent, I wasted so much time in high school thinking about how I was fat. Mm-hmm. And I look at those pictures now and I'm like, I was gorgeous and thin and I'll never look like that again. Yeah. <laughs> I wasted that time. Uh, yeah. Anyway, plus yeah. you just don't want uh, to purposefully make yourself poop yourself in front of your class <laughs> if you're a teacher. Oh, boy. Oh, I like this one. It's short and sweet. I did the lemonade diet for nine days. I missed chewing. Mm. Some things you don't miss until they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> chewing food. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. It does. But we don't recommend it. Just keep chewing. Um this one I liked. We've talked about Whole30 on the show before. Um, in case you listen to this and think that we're, uh, like, saying that Whole30 is, like, bad or evil, we're not. What we've said about it in the past is, like, the things it tells you to eat are good for you. Mm-hmm. You don't need to cut out everything else, and you don't need to do it for 30 days, like, without breaking any rules. Like, it's just not necessary. Exactly. Or sustainable. But, um... I've heard something like this from more than one person. <laughs> so it says, I did Whole30 a few years ago and nearly started sobbing when, three days after I finished, I found out my cashews I'd been eating were roasted in rice bran oil, which was on the no list. I've cried over a lot of things in my life, and rice bran oil is probably the least important of all of them. <laughs> These are so good. They are so good. Uh, oh, people man. were so generous with, with uh, listing stuff. Gosh, so good. See, that's the um, thing. If you've spent 30 days eating, like, vegetables and eating super clean stuff, and then you, like, feel like you need to cry because you ate rice bran oil. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tears were shed because this girl felt like she was deceived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was or a had, lot of... Or had, like, 
been failed. tricked into failing. Yeah, yeah, tricked into failing and also did something that was not correct because she did something that was on a forbidden list because on Whole30 they give you a forbidden list, right. a full-on no list. Um, so <laughs> that's where all the psychological tears <laughs> Come from. <laughs> it's okay. You guys, rice rice bran oil is okay. You're gonna be fine. You didn't ruin it because there was nothing to ruin. You were fine the way you are. Um this one um is from a friend of mine who writes for magazines, and she said that once for a story, um, she says, I tried drinking olive oil before going to a party to see if it helped reduce the temptation to eat all the apps. It did, but mostly because the olive oil was so disgusting on its own that I basically ruined my appetite for, like, a week. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. That definitely goes in the, like, if you're eating something you find disgusting. Yeah. Ew, like, taking a shot of olive oil. Like, I love tasting olive oil. Sure. Like, but like with bread. Like, good olive oil. Yeah. With a baguette, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm. But, um, I think I see where this is coming from, though. Uh, essentially, you know how I always talk about, like, don't go to a party hungry? Right. This is the uh, extreme version of that, This is the extreme that, version of that. You could just have a snack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you could literally have some crackers with avocado on it, and that will do exactly what this potential olive oil does. Without um, ruining your cool. appetite for yeah, a week. That feels like it would be really, really, uh... Yeah. Just not good in the esophagus. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Um... Uh, oh, here's another one um, involving a parent. Uh, my mom put a many times photocopied, quote, Mayo Clinic three-day diet on our fridge when I was a kid. It involved grapefruits, black coffee, hot dogs, no bun, and nothing else. It was probably about 600 calories a day. I really doubt the Mayo Clinic had anything to do with it. There were a lot of copy and paste diets going around back in the day, and for some reason, all of them involved plain hot dogs and grapefruit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, 70s. Very 70s. Yeah, 70s or 80s. Yep, this is just uh, going back to trends in the 70s and 80s. It was cabbage, hot dogs with no buns. Yeah, what's the deal with the hot dogs? I know. When yeah. were hot dogs a diet food? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I love hot dogs, but I let's not kid ourselves about what I they know. are. They're <laughs> a delicious, delicious tube of meat. <laughs> um, I, I, that one makes me think, too, about... Um, you know, I don't know what the situation was in that particular household, but if you are a parent and you have kids, be aware that those kids are not missing a beat. Mm -hmm. If you are feeling negatively about your body, whether you are trying to or not, you are teaching your child that that is how we should feel about our bodies. Yeah. And that's not to be like, so you're bad, mm -hmm. but it's to say like, don't fool yourself into thinking that the way you treat yourself isn't rubbing off on your kid. Your mm -hmm. kid is noticing. So it is important for your child for you to put in the work to um, make sure that you're in a good place with yourself, much more so than how your body looks to your kid. Mm -hmm. Your kid doesn't notice how you look. They notice how you feel mm -hmm. about yourself yeah. and what you say about your body. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it, I, I can't stress enough how... Uh, how all of uh, the majority people's relationships with food and their body, it starts so, 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 so young. And the majority of when you get really deep into like the psychological reasons as to why people struggle with food and their weight as adults, oftentimes it stems from something from childhood. Sometimes it doesn't, but oftentimes, oftentimes it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in the words of Into the Woods, uh, children will listen. <laughs> Be warned. Um, this one's about a dad, so I thought we'd read one about a dad. Awesome. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad would go on health kicks and drag us along with him. For a while, he would line me up and my sisters every morning and make us take a tablespoon of dark molasses because I don't know why. <laughs> After that, he got really into aloe vera. Again, I don't know why, but we would have to do shots of juice in the morning and put gel on our faces at night. Then there were protein shakes for dinner and then no dinner entirely because he said it makes you feel lighter. And then for a while, he was having everyone do a mildly rigorous month-long fast every January. It says, three years ago, he read Wheat Belly and cut out all wheat and talked me into doing it, too. It didn't last long. Wow. Oh, that's, a, that's a whole slew of them. Jeez, yeah. That's, um, that's interesting. So, so this came from the, the patriarch of the, the family. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just a whole series yeah. of trends. The molasses, I don't know. The aloe vera, I get. Um... Making your entire family <laughs> skip dinner. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if that's maybe a control issue or, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, we wonder why we get to adulthood and feel like we don't have a full handle on like how to handle our nutrition and exercise. Yeah. It's like, cause we were all raised by crazy people. Definitely. Because if we sense the <laughs> disordered eating within our parents, oftentimes we pick up on those traits or well you just how could you know how to eat a different way you've it's never been modeled for you exactly um totally Mm -hmm. um oh and there's another one um so for almost all of college i was afraid to eat after 5 p.m because my mom told me that's how girls gained the freshman 15 by eating late at night so this one is tricky because we have talked on the show about trying to have a cutoff time. 5 p.m. is a little early. <laughs> 5 p.m. is a little early and, like, doing it because out of, like, fear that you're going to uh, gain the freshman 15. I think the freshman, okay. the freshman 15 is a part of everyone's lives. I did it. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? We both lived. Yeah. We turned out okay. And we managed to get married somehow, yeah. <laughs> even though we gained 15 pounds our first year of college. And we both managed to have careers. Yeah, and we're both really happy people. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where that's more, you know, that's more the, once again, the parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the parent and control totally. and, yeah, 5 p.m. is a little early for cutoff time. Yeah. Yeah. You can eat into the evening. It's fine. Yeah, that is a-okay. Um, uh, this one was hilarious and also sad. When I was doing my obligatory Atkins tour that we all took during the 90s, my <laughs> sis and I once ordered a large pizza with extra, extra cheese, ate all the cheese, and threw away the crust. Oh. oh. That's just so sad. So poor sad. crust. Poor crust. Poor kiddos. The best part. It is. And food And waste. it's just like, yeah. <laughs> once you take a part of pizza, it's not a food anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're just eating a lot of... A lot of, um, a lot of cheese. Yeah. And that's one of the moments where it's sort of like when I did my low carb attempt, it's like, stop for a second and think I'm eating a giant pile of cheese in tomato sauce. Yeah. Do I at my core think that's good for me? Definitely. And if, if your core says, I don't know that this is a great idea, Mm -hmm. then like, feel free to step away. (laughs) If it sounds wacky and crazy, it probably is. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is as well. So and true. there really is never any point in time in which anyone needs to eat all the cheese 
off of an extra large pizza and then throw away all of the crusts, you are better off just having a couple slices of the pizza and a salad. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totes. Mm-hmm. I think this also, like, because that was, like, her and her sister, it makes me think of the ways that we egg each other on to do these things. Yeah. Like, yeah. instead, let's be the people who, like, egg each other off. Totally. <laughs> and be like, hey, it's really going to be okay if we just eat a couple slices yeah. of this pizza. Let's save one another from, you know, yeah. throwing away an entire pizza crust. Totally. Um, here's one. I started reading The Food Babe Way, which I haven't heard of, but totally either. sounds like a diet book. Yeah. Um, and step one lifestyle change was to drink hot water with a little cayenne pepper and lemon every morning. Harmless enough, right? Yes, but just irritating enough on my bowels. I quit before <laughs> step two. I was joking with this person that I quit before step two is like the name of my diet book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, uh Yeah. So, I think that was a trend for a while. Mm-hmm. The cayenne pepper, lemon That's juice often cleanse. what the, like, lemonade diet is, I think, yeah. essentially, is, like, lemon and cayenne and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that will stimulate your digestive system, but because of the lemon it will, and the cayenne pepper, um, it's a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and if, like, if it's irritating your bowels, you were right to quit. Yeah. This one isn't necessarily a diet thing, but I thought it was funny. And you're lactose intolerant, so I thought you'd like it. I am lactose intolerant, so when I was a kid, I would eat cereal with apple juice instead of milk. It's as gross as you think it is. So cute. Oh, so cute. Um, If it works for you, go for it. All right, so one last one. I drank eight cups of water, as in each cup being eight ounces, per day from third grade to fifth grade, every day without fail for two years. Actually, at some point, I switched it to six cups because I was a small person, and people presented me with research that eight cups was psycho, but six cups was more practical. I never missed a day. I carried a reusable water bottle everywhere with measurements on the side, way before other people carried bottles at all. I don't think I got any health benefits from this. I peed a lot. I had bad skin anyways. (laughs) I guess it made me, quote, fit, question mark? It certainly drove people crazy, and I annoyed people. I canceled plans to stay home and drink water. This is likely a longer story. Anyway, fun thread! (laughs) (laughs) oh and this person says I often drank the water while sitting on the toilet because it just saved time oh childhood (laughs) oh my gosh that Um, is the things we have done and so early too right third grade oh yeah let's see uh like eight nine yeah eight nine ten so we are vulnerable to these ideas super early Mm mm-hmm it's this is amazing to me. Like it, it really is. And once again, I think the power of this episode is to let everyone out there know that really no one is alone. Totally. And also to the, quote into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna launch into singing the entire right. score right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but really, no one no one is alone. Uh, we've all experienced these things um and and it's even eye-opening for me to to read a lot of these and you know i i encounter a lot in the sense that i i work with a lot of different psychological profiles in my work um and even still when you read you know like this we have about 20 different sentences from different people you know the things that we read it it is so shocking and i'm so happy we have this podcast to (laughs) to really start this um Let's start this movement so that we can prevent third, fourth, and fifth graders from control issues. Right, because totally. That's the thing I was going to say about this one. This last one is a great example of how 
a thing can be healthy yeah. and done in an unhealthy way. Yeah. Like, it's not bad to drink six cups of water a day. That's totally fine. Where you're getting the, like, um, eyebrow raise for this one is, like, I canceled plans to stay home uh, exactly. and drink water. Yeah. It's like, oh, because th- the water's not the problem. No, no, not it's at all. The, it's the, like, um, lack of flexibility. Yeah. That's a signal and, like, should be a signal to uh, a parent in this person's life. Absolutely. You know, like, ooh, like this isn't so great for this kid, even though the water's fine. Like, the water's not hurting mm-hmm. you. In this case, it's, um, uh, I would say it's a, a child who probably needed some type of structure or guidance in their lives, and they found it with some article or some plan, and then all of that, it was like transference, and then that got placed on the water situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, once again, it being, it being so extreme that social plans were canceled. I think that's actually a red flag with all diet, quote unquote diet and, you know, exercise fads. Uh, anytime anything prevents you from going out and living your life because you have to force yourself to stay home to be on this water cleanse or be on this juice cleanse, or you skip social plans to maybe because you have compulsive exercising and you decide to work out instead of going to, um, do something fun. Uh, there's that, that does lead into disordered eating territory. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in some ways it's similar to like me waiting to go on this diet until my husband went out of town. It's like, you know, if you're doing things in secret, even if the things are fine, the secret part should be like a clue to you that, or can be a clue to you to say like, Hmm, I'm not sure what's not healthy here, but if I'm doing this in secret, that's a sign that I know something about this isn't healthy. Yeah. Um, because if I know that if the people who loved me saw it, they would want me to stop Mm -hmm. and trust the people who love you. Mm -hmm. If there is a voice in your head saying like, if anyone else knew about this, they'd want me to stop, Mm -hmm. maybe stop Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, go from there. Um, you guys, these are so great. Thank you to everyone who, um, told us the weirdest thing you've ever done. (laughs) Um, it's so great both to hear all these different stories because I'm sure for each one of these, there's someone listening who was like, Oh, I did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also to, kn- to also hear that like now, you know, that it was weird. Like you've gotten to a point where you know enough about fitness and nutrition and actual science to look back and say like, Oh yeah, that like, I didn't need to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in a different place now. I don't need to go on a diet. Um, you know, instead I'm going to do all the stuff that we talk about every week where it's like make small sustainable changes, focus on getting things into your diet instead of keeping them out and that normal eating is flexible eating, all that stuff. All that good stuff. It's all about balance. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, Daphne, thanks for going through all these weird things with me. I hope I haven't traumatized you too oh, much. Oh yeah. Anytime. This was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> feature we call What Your Trainer Eats, where I ask Daphne about the food she eats so we can see what a real personal trainer eats in the wild. (laughs) So Daphne, what are you eating these days? Well, so one of the things that I've been really into lately, as the weather shifts and as it gets a little bit warmer, well, hopefully starts to get (laughs) a little bit warmer soon, uh, one thing that I've been really into lately are very bright, refreshing salads. So um, one of the salads that I've been making, this is a salad I would use as a side salad because the salad uh, does not have protein in it, so you can use it 
alongside, you know, steak or fish or chicken or pork uh, or whatever protein floats your boat. But what I've been doing is I've been doing a mix of um, I've been doing a mix of spinach and greens, so doing not, not something quite as cruciferous as kale, but you could if you want. And then going, you know how green goddess dressing has been really power or really popular lately. Mm-hmm. It's like a essentially a creamy green dressing that's made with herbs and chives, and everything is all blended to, together. Delicious. I thought to myself, well, why not just turn these ingredients into the actual salad and just do an all green salad and it's it's aesthetically pleasing so what I did was I just took a whole bunch of um of my favorite in-season vegetables so you have your spinach and mixed greens as a base but then you bring in avocado and then sugar snap peas Persian cucumbers and then the herbs so the herbs, I would do chives and you could do scallions and then you can do like basil. Well, you can do as many as you want because it makes it very, very fragrant. So then for on top of that, in terms of a, a dressing, you actually don't even really need to go through the process of like blitzing together a green goddess dressing. You can just do, you know, the, the typical lemon and olive oil or vinegar and olive oil and then flaky sea salt. And boom, there you have it, my green goddess dressing, or green goddess salad. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I would like to eat that, too. Um, and I'll, I'll post your picture from your Instagram. It is really attractive. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a minimalist, uh, color-wise salad. Yeah, something about doing all, like, monochromatic salads lately, very Pinteresty. Yes, very <laughs> Pinteresty. Totally. Well, uh, thanks for telling us what you eat. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.